Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, today we have a more subdued and quieter intro because there is a baby sleeping not three feet from me. Everyone say hi, Vanya. Anyway, we are excited to present the final episode in our Firebrand series. Cannot wait for you to all hear it. So let's get to the show. My favorite part of Firebrand's uh, uh, series of games complete. Let's move on <laughs> to, I, I think, unless anybody has anything else that, that they feel should be addressed, I feel like we're ready for a free-for-all. Yeah. Climactic battle, for sure. Let's go, as the kids say. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Set up. Uh, everyone plays. Everyone's characters meet in your mobile frames to do battle. Ask your chosen partner where the free-for-all takes place. And yeah, I guess, how are we going to pair off here? I have an idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some things happened between our last scene and Mm. uh, this next one. Philippa catches on to Goddard. And goes, okay, you're potentially the rogue element. D'Artagnan and Philippa and Francois and Mausoleum are supposed to meet in order to talk about this whole alliance thing. Mm. But Francois was like, we're going to go kill them. <laughs> and Philippa was like, we're going to go kill them. <laughs> God, so we're, yes. Both show up in our mechs, but mm. Connor, you show up as well. To pick off whoever's left, so as your your um, military prowess, you're like this is an opportunity for me to take out major players on both sides. Whoever you feel like is necessary to take out at this point, being that we're all betraying our own people and each other. <laughs> yep, right. Being a, how will this third... benefit the revolution? Player three has joined the fight. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that rips. I love that. <laughs> Okay. You lied to D'Artagnan, Francois? Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Not a blood oath, too. Wow. <laughs> it means nothing on this planet. It means nothing. Oh, like a true Bantresh. Yeah. I, I, and I think like this is going to be D'Artagnan's like downfall is like the, the thing that I had picked for him being educated, like educated as in he has studied writings about the band Tresh. Not that he knows, has like really bothered to learn anything but the corporate propaganda about this culture. Mm. So it's like, they've always been described as like very ritualistic and like Mm. they care very much about family ties and uh, other bonds like that. So D'Artagnan's like, oh yeah, clearly a blood oath. Like that's it, I've got it. And it's Mm. like, I'm not band Tresh. He can't make a blood oath to me. (laughs) So yeah. I'm definitely going in with this bad assumption. But yeah, uh, the que- the next questions are, what do you notice about each other? And what have you heard? Oh, where's so, this taking place? Sorry. Yeah, where, where, and where, yeah, where does this take place? This needs to be a dramatic place for this to take place. A rose garden, obviously. Ooh. That just makes so much sense. 
Oh, That's are they mech-sized roses? Don't they? Um, <laughs> I think one of the things is that the banterfill is synthesized in plants. I think. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's oh, be in a refinery. Man. So they clearly have just giant fields of these plants. Oh, we yeah. Oh God, we chose to meet in a refinery because no, 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 the no. idea. Sorry, go on. Well, my my thought is the idea is it's the one place that like everybody values. So we mm. so we're both going going into the exception. Well, they're not going to fight back there because if they do, they destroy the refinery, and that's ball game. So we just have to attack first, and we'll get them. Like it's everybody. Go and think about it, dummy. <laughs> I think I think this principle will still apply if we are in basically fields of banterfill rich plants. So, mm-hmm. like you know, you know, um, have you ever seen pictures of like a lavender harvest where it just seems like there's just these rolling mm-hmm. sort of like um, waves of of like this really light, delicate purple, and they those places smell amazing too so i'm picturing like that because it's just like this one particular banterfill rich flower that's being like monocropped and so it has this really heavy scent that's almost like an orange blossom um it can be kind of sickly sweet like too much when it's really really like ready to harvest and we're kind of approaching that time and they're just these lovely sort of luminescent teal um blooms that come out of yeah basically picture like a lavender field but with these like shiny, very light blue or teal kind of flowers. Um, and then we yes. can be in that. And again, both of us assuming the strategic advantage of like, we're not going to destroy this like precious thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm picturing like, um, you know, those big circles of like, are they like big farm circles that are in the desert or something like that? It's, it's like like geometric patterns, but also like yes. a big, just so we have some cover, like big like refinery, like cylinders in between all of mm. these and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that there are worker mechs like walking along, worker mm-hmm. mechs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some revolution mm-hmm. in there. Uh mm-hmm. just kind of walking around pretending to pretending to work and that's where I'll come in. Perfect. So what do you notice I mean, about each other and what have you heard? Yeah, so what it is is these other like we are technically b- the pairs are the two parties meeting. We are the partners. Um so I think the thing that you have heard is like based on his convoluted understanding of the Bentrash and how they operate. D'Artagnan has said that, hey, Francois, you know, feels vulnerable enough to fully flip to us. We need to make an assurance that we can honor an agreement. And that is that we don't harm Mausoleum or the three best of Francois's knights. That is nothing to say. Francois did not, you know, bargain really for his own safety. And I'm saying I am, I would fight to kill Francois. I would not fight to kill Maz um, because that is the agreement that I made. And no matter how that agreement is honored, like it's something that I op- offered as, um, as dogma and therefore... I'm not going back on that. So that's the lay yeah. of the land that I've given you. Yeah. Dogma is huge on contractual ethics. That's a big, big thing mm-hmm. for uh, for us corporate drones. But are you like Ferengi in the sense that D'Artagnan's like, I didn't say I'd kill them. 
yeah, so Philip obvious, is like, yeah. oh, I, I'll kill him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, well, very I like mean, by the letter of the thing. Yeah. Philippa's also my superior. So like any contract that I make, it's like, well, obviously Philippa could alter that contract. Like <laughs> they've got the jurisdiction. <laughs> yes, 100%. That's in my job description. As where I would happily and easily kill either of them, but I think maybe I am partially on some level convinced that Moz is actually like ready to join Dogma and is doing oh, so. Oh, you know, like fun. I really, I really mm-hmm. uh, convince them. Yeah, really open their yeah. heart. I want to make a suggestion. Tell me what you think about this. This is off off camera. The big inciting incident happened, triggered by somebody, the revolution somebody. All the fighting is done. This is mm. Francois and Mausoleum trying to escape. Oh. And you are meeting them. So it's like there's fire in the background. Mm. The, the houses have fallen. The revolution is winning or something like that. And everyone has been fighting. I'm just trying to get to like, that's the ending. Like the ending that you need is you need to have someone has, has yeah. started a war. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, like we've been wheeling and dealing with each other and not really taking the revolutionaries seriously. And mm-hmm. now they've sort of like made their decisive move. And so now the 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 thing has kind of shifted here a little bit where instead of just being like, yeah, we want to have an alliance with dogma. Now it's like we kind of need to get out of here. Right. So we will we'll join up with you guys. So I feel like things have shifted a little bit and there's an extra, there's an extra edge of desperation on both sides um, of this encounter. Right. Filippo, you're like, all right, let's just draw a line under it. But <laughs> I want mausoleum. That yeah. will be my my prize. And D'Artagnan is like, Francois lied to me, broke contract. Mm. Francois needs to die. Mm. Yeah, it, it might even be that like we are navigating to an extraction, but like we know that if Francois lives through this, then they will actually have some kind of leverage. Like the Bentresh will continue to have leverage where Mm -hmm. if Mausoleum survives and also like decides to convert fully to dogma, then we will have the last remaining or the highest ranking remaining member mm-hmm. of the brain trash line in our yeah. clutches. Mm-hmm. Um, and very similarly, it's like Francois is like, well, I negotiated with dogma. I've got a contract with dogma. So if I kill these two, then I can take the extraction and continue my, mm. you know, political <laughs> brinksmanship until whatever. <laughs> What an amazing, what an amazing uh, negotiator I am. <laughs> Does that work for everybody? Um, yeah, this yeah. feels right. This feels very right. Yeah, yeah. sure. So I'm going to say about me is you don't notice me yet. So I skip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. If there's anything, so that's what we've heard. Um, do we want to point out what we notice about each other? Alex, I, I think I would like... Um, D'Artagnan to notice that Philippa's mask is slipping. Mm. Uh, now, what that mask means, I'm going to leave entirely in your hands. But I want, I want to know what what mask is slipping. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think there's just been like a lot of confidence lost, and so 
she's she's a little desperate and she's a little antsy in a position she doesn't like to be. So yeah, she's kind of just kind of having trouble keeping her cool. I sort of wonder, I, I wonder what to notice about Maz and Francois. Like as they're coming up, I think maybe I noticed that, yeah, that there's like a bit of shine that's come off of your mobile frames. Like I think mm-hmm. like like given that they're like really top of the line and like custom and like um, from these noble families, I'm like, it kind of looks like maybe they have seen some action, including maybe just fleeing somewhere. Um, so they're, yeah, I think maybe they're looking a little, not like rusty, but they're looking maybe a bit battered. I think I noticed that. What if Maz is in front though, showing the ready to fight instead oh, of cowering, damn. cowering behind that's, people? That's a great thing to notice is that Maz looks the most ready for action right now. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More ready than they've ever been. <laughs> we'll see. What do you notice, Maz? I don't think we, I don't think I've seen Philippa and D'Artagnan's mechs before. And uh, I think maybe I'm just, I find them aesthetically pleasing. Love that. They're just nice mm. designs. I can't, I can't wait to destroy them. <laughs> I can't wait to destroy them. <laughs> Turn them into a pile of rubble. That seems like a thing with you is that if you love something, you want to kill it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't every teenager feel this way? Uh, I guess so. Got all the gold and the wings, and it's just... Oh, it's beautiful. I want to I wanna take it apart piece by piece and pin it down in a, in a <laughs> shadow box. Yes. Oh, and Philippus has wings, too, don't, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm 80 years old and not interesting to her. <laughs> okay. Cool. What's up? What do you notice? Uh, nobody has false pretenses walking into this. Everybody knows what this is. Cool. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sweet. Good. Awesome. So, conducting the free-for-all, go around the table. Each of you gets two turns. It does say you go first, but anyone can go first. I think that's how we've been running this. On your turn, choose an enemy player's character and give them a challenge. They answer it freely. Okay. Uh, you know what? I will start out. And I am going to say, Francois, I rush you. I'm faster than you'd believe. Can you react in time and get away? If so, how? I'm going to answer three questions when there are two, technically. Uh, Can I react in time? No. Do I get away? Yes. And how, if it's okay with you, Mausoleum jumps in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, 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 we yeah, have yeah. assigned targets, so yeah, who's going to yeah, fight yeah. who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit, you are really fast. Too bad I got the prodigy over here. <laughs> <laughs> so Remember that's, me. It. that's it. Like, again, I have this bull-headed mech, and I fight with a lance. And like you can see the lance is like spiral marked with with all of these pox and whatnot. And while my mech design does not have wings, I do have these two like over boosters on my back that when they fire it, like the fire behind it flares out like wings. So at first I rush you and I'm fast, but I'm like mech fast, you know, it's normal. Then the... Hawk marks on the lance itself activate, and it's clear that they are also boosters. And so like my hand is is thrust forward and it's moving just 
unbelievably, impossibly fast. And the question that I have for Mausoleum is, with all of this force coming towards Francois, like, how am I stopped or deflected? Like, what do you do? Okay, I I think I have, um, so I talked about these uh, wrought iron, like fencing that I have on the back of my mech. I think maybe I have a, um, a retractable one that I can just sort of uh, put up at the right time and um, stop you uh, in your tracks. Um, so I think I'm gonna pop those out at just the right time. Like a okay. gate or? Yeah, like a gate, like shooting out, going sideways, shooting out. <laughs> Uh, maybe spearing some part of your mech. I yeah. Then I like getting hit like that. I guess I yeah. I guess that sends me like shooting to the side, right? And definitely the mech is pierced for sure in this. And I think like it just careens me off into one of the refinery towers. <laughs> um, and like I have to stop by like scooting myself through the the, the fields of these plants, sending them spilling into the air and filling the air that that penetrates the cockpits with the scent of this. Mm. Like it is it is almost like overwhelming uh, the, the the scent of all this. But yeah, I have been completely taken by surprise and like thrust off of uh, the critical path that would have probably uh, killed someone. Excellent. Can I go next? Yeah. Um, Francois, I drop out of the sky like a hunting bird. Do you survive my attack? How? I'd say that I survived the attack. <laughs> survive is, yeah, that's a fitting word. I think like uh, I survive, but I definitely take damage. This is one of those situations where, like, y'all attacked so quickly in succession that the first thing that happened, we kind of saw coming, although mm -hmm. it was very fast. And then as I moved to then go, like, okay, time to go, wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're already, like, coming down. And so very quickly, it turns out that my, my uh, mech has these flags coming down with the crest that actually goes into a cape, but underneath the cape, is actually a shield. Hmm. And so I don't even have time to actually grab the shield, but I turn and like jump and turn so that your attack skids on the shield, but it pierces through. Uh, like if the center is protecting like an important part, it pierces through and like hits one of my arms, probably like my left arm, mm -hmm. uh, which is my lance wielding arm. And sparks start coming off there and I roll uh, and I'm up ready with my lance and I see that like arm functionality at 72% like some shit. I'm like fuck <laughs> like I didn't even get to swing my lance yet <laughs> and I say I knew that you'd come out at me uh, like an angel of vengeance but <laughs> that that was surprisingly fast you're always complimenting her yeah I think Philip was pretty pleased with that <laughs> That's why it doesn't insult people, but through using insults. <laughs> I'm going to wait a little bit. I think I'm going to rush at D'Artagnan. I think normally I I would give my opponent, you know, a little more time. But I know that D'Artagnan is so fast and I'm just so excited, so excited to be here. I think I'm going to rush at you 
I open fire on you, pounding you with everything I've got. Can your frame take it and how? Yeah. So I think my frame cannot take what you throw at me. But the reason that I am not dead and out of the fight is simply by moving fast. I think what this establishes, like th this this volley of fire, like you, your initial hit, like I think we can see one of the legs of my mech, um, like as I stand up out of the wreckage and like suddenly like whatever, whatever artillery or missiles or lasers or whatever it is on Mausoleum's mech, um, starts hitting me in barrage like the leg of the mech has just been completely severed and lost by missing i move with such force that if i go off course or it doesn't strike perfectly there's a very serious chance of damage to my mech um and in this case like you know it's like okay he's down a leg he's clearly unsteady i'm gonna hit the button and fire with everything that i've got and then my mech continues to move and it is very evident at this point that something like missing a leg is not going to hamper my movement mm. in the slightest in times where i would need two legs for stability i simply drop to the ground and use one of my mech's arms to claw at the dirt and change my momentum instead <sighs> um, and there is this trail of like i i will ask jess like how do you fire with your mech what are what are you shooting out is it missiles is it lasers is it more like fence like things <laughs> yeah i i think i'd like to stick with that theme yeah let's say like wrought iron arrows god that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah so like Man, I, I like the idea of these like being things that like blast out of like your hands or the arms of your mech and like they start out as these spears but unfold into these gnarly like metal looking contraptions mm. in the air. And so like these things are landing and they are creating like these gothic obelisks on the <laughs> ground, just like sticking out of this super valuable plant, spearing everything around uh, the mm -hmm. scenery, uh, spilling up. Like I, I think hapless uh, uh, worker drone mechs are caught in the crossfire as you are just plugging away. And like, there are so many times where you are scraping the ends or maybe even knocking off some aesthetic pieces of uh, of D'Artagnan's mech, but he's always moving in a way that seems unnatural and always moving at a speed that it seems like would break other things. And that is the only reason that he is still in this fight. But the way that you are opening fire and the kind of fire that you have been sustaining He's not been able to mount a counterattack so far. Philippa, um, mm -hmm. I keep to cover, circling with tactical precision. I'm almost impossible to spot. Do you see me coming, and how? Um, I think I don't. I think I don't see you coming. And I think while you're, you know, diving behind things and like flying over and staying just out of my field of vision, I'm still trying to taunt you, though. You know, um, um, Philippa is 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 just like, I've waited a long time for this. You know, you're you're spoiling this. I thought the two of us were gonna have a decent fight and you're scampering away like a rat. It's disgraceful. Come out here and face me. 
and then I guess you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I think that um, I come in for an attack. Like I jump into, like I purposefully make a noise on the right and dash left and Mm -hmm. go for uh, a lance blow that you actually dodge. But then I trigger the explosion at the end of my lance. So it does some damage to like one of your extremities. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah. you're still faster than me, but I just like did a little trick. And now like one of your extremities is kind of damaged. So like we're kind of on more even terms, but I'm concerned because uh, the power to my arm, my fighting arm is continuously going down, even though it's slow. Like I'm like, this, this right. has to end fairly quickly or I'm going to have to use my right arm that isn't fully equipped for this. Right. There's like a drain on on power to that area. And obviously, like in your user interface, right, like you can see that number ticking down slowly yeah. from 100, right? And I think in, in dodging, I completely lose my left arm, right? Like it just, the, the shoulder just sort of comes undone. But my my sword hand is still, still fully operational. From Thanks. way across the battlefield, Behind a refinery, there is a mech with a gun, a long-range rifle. <clears throat> it is decided, it is uh, it is Cotard's Prometheus, it is decided that the Bantresh are not an enemy anymore. They are trying to escape. If they ever come back, this is not their planet to come back to. There'll be nothing here for them. So the enemies are the land o- landowners. And the most dangerous person on the field that he sees right now is D'Artagnan. So he's going to far across the landscape, raise his rifle. I can put a shot into your knee, unhinging it, taking your other leg, which I feel is poetic. Mm -hmm. Do you avoid my shot and how? I don't avoid the shot. I am rushing, like I'm still trying to get away from Mausoleum. And the thing is Mausoleum can, it seems always put out more firepower than I could just overcome with speed. I merely, or or perhaps it's also that I'm not like seizing on opportunities. It's the kind of desperate situation where the only way that I could truly stop what's happening is move in for a strike that will kill. But I have sworn not to kill. I am contract bound not to kill Mausoleum. Um, and every move that I would have, and you can see, because you're an old hand at this, you're a veteran, you've seen more fights. You know that Mausoleum is an incredibly well-equipped and not as damaged mech, but the pilot is still an unpolished gem. Um, and a veteran, clear, a clear veteran like me, would be able to take advantage of that and mm-hmm. kill, but hasn't. Um, and like you've talked to me you know my ideology you know that i follow orders and you know that i am not the sort of pilot that would you know strike someone down to save my own life um which is a clear weakness in this battle and also means that like if there's a stalemate over there if you can take me out and mausoleum is suddenly turned against philippa then this whole thing can, you know, end. Uh So you shoot, hit me in my leg, and it flies off, it explodes. And, like, I think there is a moment where, like, 
the mech crashes. There is this huge plume of dust and smoke and fire that spills up from around it. And like mausoleums, like, uh, you know, fires into that wreckage. And there's this eerie calm. And that will lead into my next question. And that is, I get the drop on you and hit you with a roaring jet of flame, steel meltingly hot. Can your frame take it and how? As the orange gold glow of the bull's eyes from my mech light up from inside this dust cloud and shoot out faster than it ever has been before because the legs only slowed it down. <laughs> and with this extra bit of speed, just like like running on his arms into a leap, he moves through the air and I think again, like one of your weapons, one of these gates like embeds itself into uh, his mech and like that still isn't enough to stop him as he flies forward and like wraps uh, himself around uh, around you. So like he's on your back, on your shoulders and like lifts his torso into the air and activates the overboost on his back to start melting at your frame. And you hear a crackle come across the comms. I am the body. I am the blood. And through my mouth come the words of dogma. And I have sworn that I will not strike you down. But I will melt you into a thing that cannot move and cannot fight. And whatever comes out of there will be your responsibility. Surrender. Hello, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, our Patreon drive has finished, and we definitely increased our subscribership. Uh, we really, really greatly appreciate it, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank every single person who has talked about OneShot, who has uh, subscribed to the Patreon, uh, everyone who listens to this show, honestly. We could not do all of this without you, really and truly. No plugs, no pitches, no exhortions to go do a thing. Just thank you. And now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show. I think Moz can definitely feel the heat. And I think um, they say over their comms. What do you, what do you mean you can't kill me? What is this? This is bullshit. <laughs> I want to fight. I want to fight. This is the contract. It was signed in blood. And Dogma will honor any contract it has signed in turn. I didn't sign any contract. I came here to fight to the death. That's all I give a shit about anymore. You have a superior who signed a contract for you. If you would like to fight me without the bonds of contract, then you will have to be the superior. Ooh. 
Yeah, I don't think I can, uh, I don't think I'm fast enough to defend myself from that. So I think you're just sort of melting the, the legs of my mech and I'm being pushed across the field. Ooh. Maybe leaving like a trail of fire in our wake. I kind of like the idea if like you're being pushed across the field and your your legs are melting that like it is burning the legs of your mech and as it is moving and walking because it has to compensate for the force that these overboosters are pushing against it you are leading leaving molten footprints mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. slowly those she- steps get more and more shuddering as the systems that make them move are just breaking down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What color flame comes off burning Thantrophil? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's blue, right? It's blue. It's like oh, a lovely. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So everything is just bathed in this blue around you guys. Mm-hmm. I think it is blue, but it is more opaque than fire normally is. Mm-hmm. So it almost looks like, like, you know how we imagine that water is blue? Um, <laughs> It sort of looks like water-shaped fire. Great graphic. I... This isn't a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Kind of. Maybe kind of, kind of not. It's technically two moves, but I want to... uh, My arm is down to, like, 22% power, which means I can't even, like, block something. Mm. I dislodge my arm and shoot it over to Maz with Ooh. my lance in hand. Uh, now having only one arm and Philippa having minus one leg, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, these frames don't suit a battle such as ours. Uh, <gasps> Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you need uh, to say no more. With the flames and <laughs> everything. Takes one. Yeah. <laughs> takes the hand. I step out on the hand. The hand goes down to the floor. And I just take out my sword <laughs> and wait. Look <laughs> <laughs> in the back. Sick. Amazing. And so yeah, I leap out of my mech. I'm I'm gonna use the challenge. I'm looking for the most exciting one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I button up and march on you, shrugging off everything you throw at me. Can you stand me off? How? Like, Philippa is just in this mode where it's almost like she doesn't care what happens to her as long as she defeats you. Like, I'll pay any price if you, you know, Mm. I just need to kill you first. So my answer is no. Um, (laughs) The thing that happens here is that we fought before, but in that situation, it was like an exhibition and your demeanor i thought that i had a grasp on your demeanor even if it was just like a hint of what you would be like in real combat and it's nothing like that mm. uh and so i'm like aha i'm prepared but as i go to strike you're just like this <laughs> like and like all of these even if like you take small amounts of damage from my attacks like it is very clear that i'm on the defensive like i'm defensively striking out because yeah. I'm like, how, how do you put this person down? Like, <laughs> this is bad. Um, and I just like, I'm just on the ropes super badly. I think that it's like, I know that when I stop striking at you, even if we're both like tired, like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't see you getting tired, like 
Like I'm yeah. getting tired, even if we yeah. might be even in the same realm, that it's like, once I stop this assault, I better be really ready for what happens next because it could just be my life. Mm -hmm. And so as that happens, I'm being backed up into fire. Mm -hmm. And before the fire, I fall down with my sword up. Amazing. And the sword, the, the flames are only a few feet away. And I just pointed up at you and I'm just looking, breathing really hard. Amazing. Do you want to, do you want to use your second challenge? Like, yes, <laughs> but give me a second to really look at Yeah, these. yeah, yeah. Spend some time. Katard is looking. What the hell is going on over there? Okay. Okay. If this is cool with you, mm -hmm. Francois seeing that like fighting like this, he's going to lose hands down. So he goes for an attack that is obviously just like a Hail Mary and you stab him. Mm -hmm. And as you stabbed me, it was like, I was planning for that. And <gasps> I heave you bodily off the ground, ah. lift you up and smash you down again. Yes. Blood is just like, this is the last move that this side gets like. Into the fire? Uh, I was just waiting for this opportunity. Uh -huh. I smash you onto the ground and then just fall over with the blade, like, in me, hoping that that was enough to, like, put you out. <laughs> wow, yeah, no, amazing. I think it takes her so completely and utterly by surprise um, that you have just, like, brute strengthed this last, you know, this last maneuver. And and I think, honestly, some, I, I she's like, but I, but I delivered a killing blow, even if I am consumed by the flames right now. This in these cur cursed Benterfell fields, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I defeated you, and so she can kind of just she can kind of just let it happen. She's laughing. She's laughing as you throw her into the flames. God. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. The uh, in the area that we're at, though, I'm surrounded by the flames. I'm going to die very yeah. soon anyway, if not yeah. from being fucking stabbed. Yeah. The uh, sexy ones just... always die laughing into the flames. <laughs> Classic. One last little glasses fix. I on the ground and I, <laughs> I just look at the sky and there's fire and the smell of these. Fuck. Okay. You see oh. the petals like. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. oh Ryan, yes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And then uh, my last words, I whisper. Kill him. <laughs> and the flames like encroachment. Did you you did you give you threw the arm towards Maz? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wanna set her up. I wanna race in and heave D'Artagnan bodily off of Maz mm -hmm. and hold like in a headlock, like just exposing his whole inner core, reactor core, and shout for her to strike strike through can i do that or uh, uh uh am i able are you able to get out of my grip and how d'artagnan i will say perhaps and the how is again crackling across your comms like you can see the orange gold light in the eyes of d'artagnan's mech are flickering and meanwhile i think in the cockpit of your mech, the emergency like warning lights are flashing and have been flashing. And there are like two light filters. Like it is this 
kind of black purple light filter that is like the colors of your house and this red light filter that through damage to the cockpit of your mech uh, has the cross shape of dogma. And so like you are flickering back and forth between <laughs> these as crackling through the comms says, embrace the call to leadership. <laughs> I want to say to D'Artagnan, we've sacrificed so much, but are you willing to sacrifice everything? And then he shouts to Mausoleum, strike through. Quietly, quietly in D'Artagnan's mech, not broadcast to anyone else. D'Artagnan is reciting, my body is the corporation. My blood is the corporation. And through my mouth, its words speak. Sometimes characters have arcs and sometimes they're just a straight line. They are who they are. There's no getting through to them. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're sometimes you, you greet a character after they ended probably a pretty sad arc. And that one sort of sticks with them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take up the... What was it called? The spear? The, the, lance. the, um, the lance. lance. The lance. lance. Yes, I'm, I'm going to take up the lance. If you, if you do a twist, like, yes. it explodes. I'm just saying. Real quick, Don't do it now. Don't do it now. Exactly. Because if you do it now, it will just explode. Yeah. And then nobody dies. <laughs> okay, I I am going to run uh, screaming at D'Artagnan. And I... And I I'm in the cockpit bathed in this light and I'm sweating and I think I'm like beginning to like burn up almost from the heat in, inside my mech and I'm just screaming and running at D'Artagnan and I thrust the lance through the glass into D'Artagnan's chest. I'm saying it goes straight through into mine as well. Oh shit. Yeah. That was and the then point. they'll explode. And they'll explode. Yeah, and then I twist it. Before I twist it, I say, you're so beautiful. <laughs> can we get a flashback real quick to the night where i like came into your room knocking on the door and i'm uh, knocking on the window and then before i woke you up you were having a dream of this moment but you forgot it because i woke you up i knew this day was 100 percent. seen this before and i'll see it again Mm -hmm. So there are ends that are part of this move but, or, right. or this game, but like I don't think any of them really make sense because part of the free-for-all challenge idea is that you can play other games after it if you want. So instead, I think it would be good for us to... I know that there is a ending the game section and... Page four. Page four. Aha. Yes. Ending play. Go around the table uh, playing games at least once after once around. Anyone can decide to end play at the end of any player's turn to end play. Go around the table one last time on your turn. Bring up any unresolved question you have about the character's fates. Say what you think the possible outcomes could be. The other players contribute possible outcomes as well. Everyone votes to determine which of the possible outcomes is the one that comes true. If you don't have a question, pass your turn. The only question that I have is whether or not Mausoleum lives. 
seems like the rest of us are are quite dead, very dead. Mm-hmm. And the questions maybe are, if any people have questions, I mean, it's more about like, how are these characters remembered or what is their legacy mm-hmm. or whatever? But like, does Mausoleum live? I think Mausoleum does live. I think that they are, they are similarly um, scarred and patched up in the way that Cotard was. Mm-hmm. And can't help but hear uh, what Cotard said to them at the dance in their head all the time mm-hmm. about uh, losing their innocence. But they're really not too sad about it because they're a pretty morbid little weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Do they stay? Do they escape? I think they stay for a little while, uh, maybe like uh, collect some trinkets and things from, from their family's house and then they, they move on. My bugs. Mm-hmm. Do you join the, what was it, the corporation? Dogma. Dogma, Dogma yeah. No, absolutely not. But maybe uh, <laughs> become like a, um, still fascinated by them. So maybe there's a there's a future in espionage and um, spying mm-hmm. on Dogma or joining Dogma undercover, something like that. Oh, the idea that you like are, you, you, act as a spy like infiltrating dogma but you are kind of always on the precipice of like actually full <laughs> on buying into everything mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. delicious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like when you say like teen slang as a joke but then it like it becomes you yeah. start saying it every day and it just becomes what you say mm-hmm. yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're in too deep you're in too yeah deep. <laughs> a question that i have is about bantresh itself clearly this conflict was sweeping and if there is any strategy to be held by the rebels at all and i believe there is i think like looking at uh contard's plan like it feels very apparent to me that the bombings of like different facilities that that were public and whatnot were misdirects to make it feel like everything here is political and he kind of managed to navigate the real battles onto the refineries here. And I feel like this is an old growth forest world and the resource that people care about, the the living plant that people care about was really built up around those refineries. And once they caught fire, it would take a very long time for those like the the valuable aspect of Bantrest to be rebuilt, which is ostensibly the reason that the the landowners cared about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like that strategy pans out. The question that I have is, did the damage that happened to Bantresh's environment leave it as a place that people can actually live freely? Or did the price that they pay for freedom kill the planet? I think that I like what you said about it's going to take a long time. What he, his plan was to buy the planet time, the people on the planet time. So the Bantrophil seems to be destroyed. They're back down to what they used to be, a, uh, a seeming joke of the planet. However... Let's do a little cutaway. 1,000 Sacrifices by Cotard Rampick, a book sitting on a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Someone opens it, takes it down, opens it up, signed by Cotard, and inside is a little packet with seeds in it. 
every book he was handing out to his revolutionaries had seeds for Bantrophil or for uh, for this plant. Mm. So it's just about time. Now they just wait. Mm. And they wait for people to stop looking at them. They wait to have a plan on how they're going to control their planet once they bring Bantrophil back. And now it's just about time. Oh, I love that. It's nice. Seeds. <laughs> did um, did Philippa find out if there's a heaven? <laughs> you mean retirement? <laughs> I don't know yeah. how religious this uh, this group was. If there's a heaven or not. I think I think um, I think dogma cosmology doesn't include heaven and hell because it's ultimately capitalist mm. um, with crosses drawn on it, and so I think as Philippa is, you know, like as her death is oncoming, she's just going over in her head, like what were my, what were my assets and what were my debts, you know? And yes. did, did I, did I, cause it, to die in the red, like, mm. okay, yeah, oh, she, yeah. to, right. Like <laughs> to die in the red phenomenon. Oh, mm-hmm. It's the most disgraceful thing. And she's going over and she's like, no, that was, that was, that, that she's dying in the black and she knows that and that that is what gives her peace um i still have all my on. nfts i'm fine <laughs> yeah. they're held forever on the chain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my soul is encrypted forever on the blockchain so it's okay that my body dies. <laughs> the apes that i have collected on earth will be the apes that i hold mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll be, they'll be weighed against your heart in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. Your final, like, your final holdings are etched into a tungsten cube. <laughs> <laughs> End of uh, Raiders of Lost Ark, just tons of cubes. <laughs> no one cares. Did we do it? Yeah, are there any more unanswered it. questions? I feel like I we did it. Yeah, those are those are all the questions. Yeah, and the last thing is if you don't have a question past your turn. So folks, we did it. That was Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands. Thank Woo-hoo. you all so much for Hooray. playing with me. I had a delightful time. Yeah, Whoa. this was a yeah. blast. Thank you all Phenomenal. so much. Mm-hmm. That's right. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Bloomflower by Neon Beach. Spiral and Overlord by Thor. And Aurora by Featherland. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. That's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with an all-new series. It's aired on Patreon, and now you all get to hear it too. Chubo's Marvelous Wish-Granting Engine. As usual, we end one shot with a call to action, and I'm going to keep this short. Fivecalls.org. Find issues that are important to you. Please, call your elected officials. It makes a difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show.
For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.